What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, it's Saturday, so it's the mailbag episode. So we're going to get into all your voicemails on this episode. We got everything from the DeMar DeRozan interview to we talking about the Bulls did more in the offseason than what fans are giving them credit for. And then lastly, Vooch, it's from Shea. We're going to get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, hey, first, you can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me on Chicago Bulls Central, and I greatly appreciate it. So this first voicemail, uh, this one is from Marvin, and he talks about DeMar DeRozan. We're going to go ahead and let it jump right into it. Go ahead, Marvin. What's going on, guys? Just wanted to chime in on that DeMar DeRozan interview. I think there was an inter- interesting interview, guys. I think it shows um, character build, and it shows growth in a, in a human, in a man, actually. Think about it, guys. He's talking about being a little afraid of leaving uh, Compton when most people are afraid to go to Compton. Well, I was born in Gary. And I remember when I moved down here to Dallas, I was 21. But one thing Gary taught me was, was I guess it taught me it could be kind of tough. I wasn't quite as afraid. But I just want to say it shows the character, guys, that the Bulls are trying to build this organization around. I think it's a pretty good start to everything. But to DeRozan, I did want to throw these numbers out, guys. I know this is kind of far-fetched, but listen to this guy. You know, DeMar DeRozan shot last year 50% from the field, 35% from three, and 87% from the free throw line. Now, you know, we talk about the 50, 40, 90 guy. He was very close. Now, the three-point percentage, because he doesn't shoot very many, he only shot 35%. He hit 87% from the free throw line, and he shot 50% from the, from the field this year. So I think we kind of underestimate exactly, uh, what, underappreciate exactly what DeMar did for his club. With the additions, I think we can bring his minutes down. He played uh, just about the fifth more, most minutes of his career last year. I think we need to get those minutes down. With the additions and the health of Alonzo Ball, and I'm going to keep addressing that, Alonzo Ball brings a lot to this club. So, But I really enjoyed that, and I thought that, that interview was real nice. So. Uh, and it kind of boils back to the character guys the Bulls are bringing in. So the Bulls can keep that same thing going on and, and you know, and get the young guys involved. I think the Bulls can be all right. But I did just want to chime in on that and get those those splits on DeMar. I don't think he should be have to take that many shots uh, this coming up year. I hope we can get Pat developed a little better. So let's see what the Bulls can get done, guys. Take care. All right, so Marvin brings up several great points. The fact that DeMar playing one of the highest minutes of his career, uh, almost being that elite 50-40-90 that him and Zach Levine have flirted with over the course of the season, especially when Zach Levine was healthy. Um, But, and then, so the thing with DeMar DeRozan, right, and I said it before in my last video, yes, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel excellent to just continue to see what we've seen from DeMar DeRozan in his Chicago Bulls career thus far, right? He's been a great Bull. He's been a great player for us. He's been a great leader in a lot of ways as well leading that team coming in doing what he needs to do uh being our leading scorer having one of the best statistical years of his whole entire career happened last season with the Chicago Bulls now the minutes right and I've said this before you know some people in the comments did disagree but I do think DeMar DeRozan's minutes should and need to go down you can go and look at Go look at my videos 10, 15 games into the season. I said it. I wanted to see him and Zach Levine's minutes come down more to that 32, 33 minute per game range. Because, yeah, while DeMar 
is 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 still very much in his prime and in a lot of ways he's no spring chicken anymore you want to if you can right if you since you have the depth since you do have the ability to especially if Dalen Terry does come along you want to see other players being be able to step in now DeMar's impact that he has can be the same it can even be more next season while his minutes and his numbers maybe take a little bit of a hit it all depends on how this team works it all depends on how the bench players perform it depends on what the coaching staff sees and does out there a fully healthy Zach Levine, hopefully for a full season as well, allows DeMar to play a little bit less minutes than he did last season. All those things could go into DeMar DeRozan playing less minutes than what we saw him and had to have him play uh, last season. And, you know, DeMarvin's point there, even talking about Vooch, DeMar and Vooch were the most, they, they were on the floor the most for the Chicago Bulls, basically. And yeah, we needed that, especially at a time where we had players coming in and out of the lineup. DeMar and his veteran presence, the fact that he's been there, it did wonders for the Chicago Bulls. We needed that to happen, but hopefully a year of a step up, more Patrick Williams, more healthy Zach Levine, uh, Dalen Terry maybe may being ready to come in, contribute at heavy minutes, as well as that power forward position being a little more streamlined. DeMar played a lot of minutes at power forward last season as well. And hopefully, you know, Marco coming along, things like that. We start seeing those minutes be able to go down without it hurting the team, right? We don't have to rely on DeMar to play those heavy minutes. We still need to rely on him very much so to be the impact player on this team. I'm not saying that, but we don't need to see him play those heavy minutes per game that we saw last season. But other than that, listen, DeMar's been great. I don't. There's nothing negative that I personally can say about DeMar DeRozan because he's been excellent. He's been everything that I and more that I thought we were going to get from DeMar when he signed with the Chicago Bulls. And hats off to him for being able to do that. But let me know down below, what do you think about Marvin's voicemail? What do you think about DeMar DeRozan? Maybe being able to take a little bit of a of a of of less of a heavy load for the Chicago Bulls, but still have as much of an impact. And to Marvin's point as well, bringing up Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball coming in, doing other things, and being able to do more of the ball handling, something I've been saying for a while too. I want to see Lonzo more in the half court. All those things could, could contribute to uh, DeMar DeRozan not having to play as many minutes, not having to take as many shots, still be our clutch player, right? Still be the king of the fourth because we will need that. But all those other things, we'll see how, how that goes for DeMar DeRozan. This next one, this one is from Jose, who's been here for a long time, a viewer of Chicago Bulls Central. Let's go ahead and get into Jose's voicemail here. Hey, what's up, uh, This is Jose from Puerto Rico. Shout out to you. Um, don't miss, you know, any of your uh, podcasts. Uh, so keep on doing your thing, bro. Listen, um... I have more so just a comment to make. Um, I've been listening to some of these uh, podcasters uh, from Chicago. Namely, I'm going to name the person because seriously, I mean, um, Will Gottlieb, and uh, and I honestly, um, I like these guys. I like, you know, what they bring in terms of what they, you know, uh, talking about the Chicago Bulls. But we need to stop with this narrative that uh, the Bulls haven't done anything in the offseason. I mean, maybe to your liking, or, or, or I'm saying um, to Will Gottlieb's liking, the Bulls haven't done anything, but to me, they've done plenty. I mean, nobody's talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. What, the, what has the Milwaukee Bucks done to make themselves better? Nobody's talking about them, but yet everybody's talking about, oh, Chicago hasn't done this, Chicago hasn't done this. All these other teams in the Eastern Conference have, uh, have made uh, good decisions and, and, and upgraded their roster. Chicago did it to an extent. You know, they, they you know, basically had to deal with what they had, you know, with the cards that they were dealt. Um, so basically the moves they made were moves that were, you know, that 
of, of people that were needed on the team. For some reason or another, people seem to think that we're going to find one player that's going to encompass all of these things that, that the Bulls need, and that's, that's impossible. You're not going to find just one player to be able to take all these um, deficiencies that the Bulls have. You know, so they have to take it step by step, and I think they're doing right. Um, me being positive, they think they're doing right in, you know, just seeing how this roster plays out this year. To be honest, um, the Bulls, if you looked at them last year, well, the last season, they had a great season up until off-star break, and they were still dealing their injuries. So this is why I understand my management decided, you know what, Let's run this move back and let's see what happens with um, with a healthy group. So this is my comment on that. You know, much love, bro, all the way from Puerto Rico, Jose. So take care of yourself. Peace. All right, another great one from Jose. Uh, pretty long one there, Jose. I, I need you to get that a little bit shorter. I'm just, I'm just poking some fun. Thank you for contributing to the show. You know, the, the thing is, and he mentions Will Gottlieb specifically. Will's my boy. He's over there on CHGO Bulls with uh, with the people that passed the torch to me on Lockdown Bulls and, and Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. Um, but I will say this. Will Gottlieb is a little bit harsher. Like, I, the thing that I think with this, and fans are as well. Let me not just make this about Will. There are a lot of fans that are harsh on the Bulls offseason. And we'll see how it all comes together. But keep in mind. Every offseason is not going to be the offseason of a bunch of moves, right? You have to plan accordingly, and hopefully AK and Eversley have a plan. I've talked about it before. The Chicago Bulls can have $20 million of true cap space next season on top of another exception as well. They maintain that by not setting players to long-term deals, things like that. So if that does come to fruition, I can then understand it. It may be one of those things that retroactively we can go back and say, hey, all right, 2022 offseason, the Bulls didn't do a lot, but look what they did in 2023, and that's made possible by the fact that they didn't sign themselves up for any long-term money. It could be possible, right? But I get, I understand the mindset of you go at it now. If 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 woulda coulda shoulda, right? If a, if a fifth was if a, if was a fifth, I don't even know. Like Pat Pat the designer has a saying, I just tried to steal and I couldn't even fucking say it right. So with that being said, though, um, the woulda coulda shouldas, right? You can always think back of okay. Well, if they did this, if they did that, they should have did this. At the end of the day, it's all about you do have to have some forward thinking in your free agent moves. I've talked about it before. Like the Vooch, the Vooch trade was a very calculated trade because, yeah, you get Vooch in here for two and a half seasons before his contract's up. And you don't you're not signing or trading for a superstar that still has five years on the contract, things like that. So it, it was a calculated risk. And that risk could come to fruition in the Chicago Bulls having big time cap space next season. We'll see, right? We'll see. But I do understand that some Bulls fans don't want it to wait. Some Bulls fans do have this, oh, it's a three-year window. Well, now a two-year window because that's when DeMar DeRozan's contract was. I've always been very vocal on the fact it's not a three-year window, especially if Zach Levine signed his max deal, which he did. The Bulls still have Patrick Williams, Ayodo Sumu coming along. Alonzo Ball still very young, going to be here for a while. Things like that. It's not a three-year window. It's only a three-year window if, you, if you're short-sighted and, only can, and, and that's all you can see for it. But with having AK and Eversley, it's not about a three-year window. Hell, it may not even be about a five-year window. Now, yes, we want to see them compete. We want to see them be in the best position. There. We don't want to wait three, five, four years before the Bulls can be contenders. You want to see that as quick as possible. But sometimes the way to be true contenders as quick as possible means the deals that you don't make. It means not assigning yourself to long-term money for a player that doesn't necessarily get you over the hump. And that's been my biggest thing with this as well. I've asked a lot of people, and not anybody has given an answer on a realistic 
signing that the Bulls could have made or a trade that the Bulls could have made, regardless of luxury tax, whatever else, give me a real realistic signing that the Bulls could have made, considering this is the biggest thing that that fans don't do either. They they either try to match salary. The trade machine is one of the worst things that could have ever happened to a lot of to a lot of sports fans because they just don't actually think about the other team. But taking in the needs and wants of the other team as well, as well as the Bulls needs and wants. And keep in mind, one of those wants is not trading Patrick Williams. So because of that, there really wasn't a deal on the table that made the Bulls surefire contenders. Were there deals that on paper would have made the Bulls better? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Then then what they did this season. But I do think that this I, and I've said it before, the Andre Drumming signing, I think it's going to be better than some Bulls fans are giving the credit for and wait till they see it on the court. A lot. Of, in my opinion, a lot of Bulls fans are starting to be like the like the media was towards the DeMar DeRozan signing last season, meaning that, oh, they, the Bulls didn't really do nothing. They spent a bunch of money on nothing. Just wait. Wait to see how this team comes together, especially if they're more healthy. Now, to Jose's other point, the, the, the concept and the idea that people have that a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference have gotten better. I look at the Eastern Conference, and not a lot of teams have gotten significantly better. The Philadelphia 76ers, they did their thing. They brought in they brought in um, P.J. Washington, and yeah, he's going to do great for them, right? And a lot of people look at the Hawks. The Hawks made a move, and a great move, but I'm not looking at that move. Keep in mind, the Bulls finished above the Hawks last season. I don't look at that move sending the, the Hawks too far above the Chicago Bulls. Let's take a look at like let, 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 let's do this. Let's take a look at the teams in the Eastern Conference, right? In the standings last season. First up, we got the Miami Heat who finished first. It's about a wash for them. They didn't get any worse. I don't think they didn't get any any hugely better either. If anything, some some could say that they got worse. The Boston Celtics bringing in Brogdon. They got better. Brogdon comes in and brings a lot of what they need. They've gotten better, but they were already better than the Chicago Bulls. The Milwaukee Bucks the Milwaukee Bucks didn't get considerably better, in my opinion. They pretty much stayed about the same. The Philadelphia 76ers already said it. I can understand them getting a little bit better. The Toronto Raptors, it took us to, to win six games in the last half of the season for, for them to pass us. I'm not looking at them getting considerably better. If the Keep in mind, this is me saying if the Bulls stay healthy. The, the Brooklyn Nets, we don't even know what the fuck's going on with the Brooklyn Nets. They didn't definitely get be, didn't get better. The Atlanta Hawks, while they did add talent to that team on paper, absolutely. We got, let's see how it comes together. We still don't know what's going on with Colin Sexton. Um, wait, I'm talking about the Atlanta Hawks. I moved on. The Atlanta Hawks already talked about um, them, the, the trade that they made. I don't think that that made them a considerably better team. I think that that did make them better, but I'm not looking at that trade to say, oh, they're all of a sudden miles above the Chicago Bulls. No, come on now. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying, especially when, when you have Ayo DeSumo's son and Trey Young on that team. Let's see how DeJounte Murray meshes with that team. They're going to have some defensive issues overall anyway but DeJounte Murray is a hell of a player I'm not saying they haven't gotten better but I'm saying to the point to where some Bulls fans are I don't think that they've gotten considerably better to the point where I would put them over the Chicago Bulls the Cleveland Cavaliers the youth as well like development is going to possibly skyrocket them up so we'll see what happens with that the Charlotte Hornets I don't think the Charlotte Hornets got considerably better they did get a player that I wanted in Mark Williams who didn't look the best in summer league which really doesn't always mean the most but even that being said if they've gotten better, they finished at the, at, the, at the 10 seed last year. They had 43 wins. The Chicago Bulls did only have three wins better than them at 46. But again, considering all the injury concerns and everything that happened, let's wait and see how it works out. New York Knicks, they added Brunson, but still will probably be a 39-win team. So I'm looking at this. The Detroit Pistons absolutely got better. And the Orlando Magic, where they're at the bottom of the conference, and they're so young. I'm not looking like people overrate sometimes the moves that either a team uh, another team does make or, the, or underrate a team a move that your team did not make. 
Again, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have wanted to see the Bulls go after better players. I absolutely would have. There are some players that I would have liked to see the Bulls sign over Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic. Absolutely. But I'm looking at the East. And again, considering health, and one may say that you don't want to bet on health, I don't think that the other teams in the East have gotten that much better to where I'm like, oh, all is doom and gloom with the Chicago Bulls offseason. That's my personal opinion. You can let me know what you think about that one down below. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from Marcus. What's up, Hayes? It's your boy, Marcus. I did a voicemail earlier uh, in the season. I believe it was early in the season. But, yeah, I just wanted to get my Bulls offseason thoughts and what I think and going into next season. So I believe that the Bulls pretty much had a good offseason. Uh, it's pretty much what you would expect from a team that made the playoffs, um, need a little bit more improvement, and didn't have a lot of money in, in offseason and, uh, for free agency. I think the Bulls pretty much improved their roster with with, uh, with Dragic and Drummond. They was able to address some needs that – some needs, not all of them, but they was able to address some needs uh, going into the season. I believe that it's very crucial for a team that's trying to win to bring back the core and players because it builds the trust with the players and the team. It allows the coaching staff to – have a little bit more time to develop the young players, but also it allows the core players to um, build that leadership going down to the young players. So I feel like that is crucial for the Bulls' success going into next season, what they did this offseason. Um, and then also my prediction for this next season is I believe that the Bulls will be very, very similar to how they did last year, but – I, I do believe they will have they will add about four to five more wins to their win column because it was a lot of games that they had last season that they could have um, improved on uh, that, that they could have won. But I believe that they're still going to be that five to six range, even though they may come back fully healthy during the season. I believe they're still going to be within that middle of the pack type teams because uh, the East is so deep right now. It's, it's, it's very hard to tell where. Uh, they're going to land in the standings. But, yeah, those are my thoughts. I also got a, a new YouTube channel that I'm starting as well. And uh, Bulls, it's called Bulls on the Run Podcast. And I'm just I'm just starting off. So um, let me know if you got any tips on that and uh, how can I get started. Peace out. This was Marcus. Marcus, again, kind of with the same thing as Jose, talking about the Bulls offseason. They had a good offseason. They did. I really do think that Andre Drummond is going to have a bigger impact than what fans are thinking. I do. Again, keep in mind, I wasn't as high on the signing either. But I do think it's going to be better. It's going to, he's going to be much better than anything we had as a backup center last season for sure. So we'll see what goes on with that. Follow that up. Uh, Daylon Terry. We'll see what happens with Daylon Terry. You guys know, you saw the video. I was completely shocked at the fact that Daylon Terry was the pick there. But everything I've seen, everything I've researched, everything that the kid has said since then has made me more and more excited about Daylon Terry being a member of the Chicago Bulls and thinking his defense and energy may be something that gets him on the court early in his rookie season. So, yeah, I don't think, again, it's not a great offseason. I wouldn't say that at all. I don't think the Bulls got any worse. I think that they could have gotten considerably better off of who already was on this team and progression being made. But I do look at Daylon Terry, Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond as players that can definitely help the Chicago Bulls get better. They didn't get hugely better, but considering health, considering uh, improving that bit some, I do think that the Bulls are looking at a chance at a 50 
win season, if not up to 55 wins. That's how I think about it. You guys let me know what you think about it down below. All right, last voicemail for today. This one is from Shay. Hey, hey, what's up? You know, I was thinking, you know, a lot of y'all, a lot of Bulls fans, and I've heard you talk about it as well, talk about how Nikola Vucevic's three-point percentage dropped off. And I'm here to tell you, man, uh, I remember you also saying that big man, that Vucevic is a good big man who who can shoot. And he's not a shooting big man. I feel like people have lost the sight of that and what he used to do. You know, people were just talking about his three-point shot of my father. But yet, people fail to mention that he had the best defensive rating of his career this season. So he did take an uproar when when it comes to improving on one end. Now, look, I understand he didn't shoot well from three, but let's face it, he's not a Dirk Nowitzki. He's more of a post-plan, bang-down-low big man. The system that we had him in had him shooting threes, and I feel like it's more on a system more than it is him when you think about it because he wasn't really shooting this much in Orlando. Well, because he was the number one guy, but anyway, tell me what you think. All right, I got to correct the first thing I'll say. Shea said that, uh, Vooch had the best defensive rating of his career. Vooch actually had the highest defensive rating of his career, which is worse. That's bad. That, that's not good. That's bad. So I think Shea was looking at the numbers and thinking higher was better. Higher is actually worse with defensive rating. Uh, Nikola Vucevic did have the worst defensive rating of his career, but he does have a, a, a defensive rating for his career of 105.8, which is excellent. And again, his defensive rating last season was 109.6, a lot better than what people are making it out to be, out to seem. I know Shea is very much a, a Nikola Vucevic defender, as he should be and as are other ones. And as I've said, like even when I did the weakest link video, people said Vooch. Vooch is not the weakest link on this team. Did he have a down shooting year? Absolutely. But even with having that down shooting year from the three-point range, he was still one of the... I think he was top three in shoot a three point shooting percentage for centers. He's not it, like so. With that being said, like I think people are more harsh on Nikola Vucevic than need be, in my opinion. Did he did were there times where he settled for shots? Absolutely. I'm not saying that he had the best season, and I hope that he has a better season than than what he had last season, and he can. But I think when you look at a player that's your third option on offense, averaging and getting you 17 and 11. With one still one block a game and 3.2 assists per game, again, as I said with everybody, especially people who say Vooch is the weakest link on this team, they're, they're stupid. I'm sorry. Any player that is the top three to five in every statistical category for their position in their sport is not the weakest link. Other, unless we have top three players at every other position, on, on the, which we don't. So, yes, Nikola Vucevic has his flaws. Absolutely. The, uh, some of that, I, and I, as I always said, some of that goes to the coaching staff and how they utilized him as well. A lot, of, a lot of that goes around. A lot of blame in what goes into Nikola Vucevic's season. There's a lot of people who need to be held accountable for that. But I do look at it as it's not as bad as what some people will have you think. It's not as good as some people would have you think either. And hopefully he has a, he fits into his role better. And with the Bulls betting on continuity, that is one of the things that needs to come from continuity. It's better play, better utilizing players, players being more comfortable, players getting in their position better, the, the coaching staff utilizing them better and creating a scheme that, that now that you've had a season plus, two off seasons now to build that scheme around the, the skill set of these players and how they fit together. That's what needs to come from continuity in this upcoming season, in my opinion, 
for the Chicago Bulls. And if that didn't, if for some reason that continuity ends up hurting the Bulls and they do have a considerably worse season, heads need to roll, changes need to be made, and they will be made by what we've seen from AK and Eversley. But let's wait and see. Let's see what happens. Let's see what comes of it. Let's see what comes of it. I think it's going to be better than what some fans are giving it credit for, in my personal opinion. But it could also, let me be clear here. I want to be clear. It can absolutely as well go the other way. But let's see. I, I have faith in it. I see red all day long. New hat in the building. With that being said, uh, I don't know why I just plugged my hat. That's kind of awkward, actually. But fuck it. I did it anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's what I think on that one. Shout out to Shay for always leaving a voicemail as well. But that is it for today's mailback episode. I'm sorry that it's late, guys, in the afternoon. But nonetheless, you got it. You could be anywhere in the world. You chose to be here with me. Thank you for being the best part of Chicago Bulls Central. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. See Red. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.